0: Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters.
1: True crime shit. What's
0: up? Hey girl, hey. Well, once again, we're recording late.
1: And it's because my crotch goblins won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Like, I FaceTimed you earlier, like a couple hours ago. And oh my goodness, <laughs> they were like, Rick! <laughs> <laughs> <They're, they're, laughs> especially in particularly the spawn of satan happens (laughs) to be four years old (laughs) which also happens to be like the exact clone of you but okay (laughs) she is legitimately the devil she so you know they say terrible twos i think that's
0: been going on for three years now (laughs) i I think four is now the worst age for her she has found more than her sassy and bossy side. Like, she's just rude as fuck. (laughs) Like, all the time. And she gets... It's not like... I don't get on to her anything. It's not like she's like a spoiled, rotten brat and gets everything. And she's just like, oh no, she can't do wrong. No, I'm over here like I'm gonna beat your little ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you get on to
1: her like all the time. I've heard it. <laughs> she just does not give a single fuck. <laughs> he
0: is so much like me, it is unreal. Like, it's so sad too because my husband and our dad constantly says
1: okay, Samantha. <laughs> right. right. Because dad watches her when like, when the boys are at school and you're at work, dad will watch her. And so, yeah, I've heard him. Uh, he's called me during the day before when he's got Harlow over there and he's like talking, talking, talking. And he's like, oh my gosh, Samantha. <laughs> I know
0: it, what's sad is like, I can't even deny it. She is a hundred percent. No, 150% my child. She is it really is just, she's Satan's spawn. But <laughs> so you can't get too mad at her, cause she's cause she's you, right? Oh my God! But I honestly I was trying to prepare myself for teenage years, and I feel like this is <laughs> I'm <laughs> legitimately gonna
1: have wrinkles <laughs> when she's a teenager because um, she is just awful. I was gonna say if you think this is gonna be worse than teenage years, girl.
0: <laughs> I keep I keep reminding her. I'm like, you know, you're because so her birthday's late in the year, you know, and mm-hmm. she misses the cutoff for like preschool. Right here. She had to be four by August 1st. And she was four at the end of August. So um, she missed her cutoff. So she I'm, I refuse to put her in kindergarten without doing preschool first, just because she and the boys all, you know, were watched by our parents and right stuff so they didn't up. have like so like they didn't have that social kidded. interaction
1: with other kiddos
0: yeah and I live in a small town we don't I don't I have friends that have kids and stuff so like when we go and do things together it is with our friends but a lot of my kids are different ages than right they right so um I mean I had my oldest well before they were having children so
1: um yeah well (laughs) it happens but it does happen um but yeah no I totally agree I think it's better to have them like in that social environment with other kiddos their age before throwing them into school you know I'm literally gonna walk into preschool with some prayer beads
0: in hand of She's gonna she's actually going to be
1: when she starts she's going to be like one of the oldest ones in pre in pre K. Yes. Because so her birth, I, because the way her birthday falls.
0: <laughs> yeah, and actually one of my um one of my best friends, Stephanie, um she's got a little girl that turned 4 in November. She had her a couple months after I had mine. So those two will actually be in the same class too. Oh, that's so. good. And so she'll at least know somebody, so but do you yeah. think
1: do you think people listening are like can you please finish talking about Ted Bundy right now?
0: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So <laughs> let's get, let's get on to part 2, our final part for this Ted Bundy saga. All oh, right.
1: They're like, "Yeah, kids. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Ted Bundy." <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> yeah, kids. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
0: I get on those tangents. It's, Anyways, it's all good. So, we'll just kind of recap last last episode um last time we talked we ended it uh with how we found um like what we found in the Volkswagen and stuff when he was pulled over and how he got arrested but was let go right like
1: all of his household items that he had in there you know yeah, like that ho-
0: household items,
1: <laughs> normal stuff you know
0: and how he was let go, and then, like, at the very end of it, I let you guys know that Bundy had said that he, when um, police had gone and searched his place, he had hid- had a hidden collection of Polaroids um, that they missed, and that would have been, like, a key factor to put him away, you know? Right. Um, which he ends up destroying after he was let go, so that was basically where we ended
1: Things. Okay. Um. So let's get so on was... up. We're ready. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do <laughs> it. Like shut let's up. Let me do it.
0: <laughs> okay. So part two. Um. We're gonna start this off and sulk, li- sulk. See. Okay. First of all, <laughs> it's already starting. I'm so excited. So I'm just gonna stop and say, <laughs> yes. There's trigger warnings in this. Also, please do. not <laughs> judge me for my non-stop <laughs> horrible
1: grammatical errors so my best friend Dana texted me when she was listening to the last episode I am so embarrassed she, it's not embarrassing she said it was amazing it she, was but it's so embarrassing <laughs> when
0: I'm like nonchalantly oh you know Ted Bundy he started school and
1: started stuttering <laughs> she literally said Eventually, he enrolled in college and he started stuttering. Maybe the best messed up sentence ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, oh, no, that was a doozy. <laughs>
1: Anyways. So okay. we're, let's, let's expect more of those. Got it. It's probably going to happen because Salt, Salt Lake City, do it. Salt
0: Lake City, you know, Salt Lake City police had, um, You know, Bundy got let go, right? So now Salt Lake City police have placed Bundy on a 24-hour surveillance after releasing him due to not having sufficient evidence. So during this time, a couple of the detectives, including Thompson, have flown to Seattle to interview Liz now. You know, he's under 24-hour surveillance. He can't leave Utah, so they're going to go... talk to Liz. Okay. (laughs) So here's a couple of crazy things that were mentioned. So she said that the year prior when he had moved to Utah, you know, to go to school, Mm -hmm. she started discovering objects that she, and I quote, couldn't understand. Okay. So some of these things, um, that she discovered like in her house. Okay. Or in his car or in her car, because you know, he was, visiting and living with her when he was there um some of the things included crutches a bag of plaster of paris Mm -hmm. which he actually admitted stealing from a medical supply house
1: so he could make casts (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) and and a meat cleaver that was never used for cooking
1: She's like, I never saw him pound this ground never beef once. Never saw him use this. Ground seat. beef steak. Yeah. Who pounds ground beef? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I mean, it's ground for a reason. It's literally already ground. And, and this is why she doesn't cook.
0: No, i Right. This is why you burn water. <laughs> um she also found surgical gloves an oriental knife in a wooden case that he kept in his glove compartment okay a sack full of women's clothing which dude if i would be
1: i was was just gonna wait until you finish this list and be like that's more than like oh i just don't understand this stuff like that is what the fuck is all this stuff (laughs) nothing
0: Stuff, but like, you found a sack full of women's clothing, and you're asked not question him. Like, my crazy ass self would be like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, bitch, whose clothes is these? <laughs> <laughs> you, remember, you remember that pair sort of underwear that I that I randomly I... <laughs> <found out. laughs> Oh yes, so, I remember. <laughs> so I, I was super calm
1: over this underwear that I found in our house. Which- I was, ex- I was extremely surprised how calm she was because we're literally facetiming each other, and she's sitting on the couch. Folding her laundry, and then she looks very confused and stops talking. And I'm like, "You good, sis? Like, what's this, happening?"
0: Underwear. Let this underwear is like sexy lingerie type underwear. Okay, and it's like tiny. It's, I'm sorry, it's so tiny. I'm gonna tell you right now that my ass has a donka donk, <laughs> and it wouldn't fit over even my big thunder thigh. Oh my God. Like, it was for a tiny little stick girl. Um, I mean, no, I'm not body shaming anybody either, by all means. I'm just saying I am definitely not that. <laughs> right. Um, so I pick up this underwear and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I nonchalantly get up and I'm like, yo, She's Dallas. Like, she goes, hold on a second. And just like walks away while we're FaceTiming. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, Dallas, whose underwear is this? And he like just looks at me and I know it's no, like my husband, let me explain how my husband is.
1: (laughs) This is going to be like a whole long rant.
0: It is. I'm sorry. I'm just giving you, (laughs) it is. My husband is, you know, I don't know. I know you don't, but there's TikToks going around for those that have TikTok. I don't have the TikTok. Um, (laughs) There's TikToks going around of like, tell me your husband wouldn't cheat on me by not saying your husband wouldn't cheat on me. Um, and it's hilarious. Like you see these guys that. You sent me one of those. Yeah, it was funny. Okay. So let me tell you how my husband wouldn't cheat on me. This man <laughs> makes
1: me take him Pokemon Go hunting. <laughs> it's true. He also, one of his favorite pastimes is um, going train watching. But uh, Not pastimes. He still loves it. The man. Oh, like, like one of his favorite hobbies, I guess. Ho- yeah, Isn't pastimes like another word for hobbies? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I I don't think it actually means like past times. Listen, don't make me feel stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the guy ain't cheating on me. Let's bottom line. No, he absolutely is not. And I'll tell you right now, if you've seen my husband. Now, when we first dated in high school. I was like, (laughs) where is this going? He was. A lot like he was a lot thin, like he was thin. He was super thin now. He's a big man, okay? He got that dad bod now. Got this, we'll call it that. (laughs) It is a dad bod for sure. Um, and I love him, but he imagining
1: that as tiny as these underwear were <laughs> <laughs> right
0: like, like they were so tiny
1: she literally asked me if they were my 11 year old daughter's underwear <laughs> i didn't ask you he asked he oh like, that's right that's right i didn't <laughs> ask you because they were lacy
0: and stuff that's he true like he's like at first I said because it was like, right after we these had are visited. Yours. these aren't something like these aren't yours right and she was like oh those aren't mine i was like i didn't yeah it was right after you guys had left like visited right the- I was like, I couldn't think of anybody else that had come over and like changed. And he asked me because I'm also like a, well, not anymore, but I was like a boudoir um, photographer as well. And so he was like, well, you sure it's not like some of your boudoir stuff. And I was like, no, because I don't buy sizes <laughs> like this small and I don't do underwear, like all right. outfits, but I don't do underwear for my closet and stuff that I had bought when I was photographing these types of shoots, right? And he was, um, like I was
1: super calm, and so is he. He was laughing about. I don't it. remember why we started talking about this, by the way. Oh, Ted Bundy, women's clothes. Yeah, women's clothes. <laughs> um, and then he ends up asking
0: if they're Danielle's, who is her eleven-year-old child. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't wear something like this. Have you seen them? They're see-through. <laughs> yeah."
1: It's not
0: so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anywho, it. This is why I'm like, I would have definitely questioned this asshole if he had a sack full of women's clothing. I would have been That's like, super Who?
1: questionable, like a sack the full. Women's clothing. Why
0: the fuck you got a, a sack full of women's clothing? Like, my ass would definitely be on him. It. It isn't just a tiny little piece of underwear. This motherfucker got a whole goddamn <laughs> sack full.
1: So crazy. We would have been now. like, yeah. In case you spilled and needed a change of clothes. I had you, girl.
0: Yeah. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> so like,
1: nope.
0: um so Liz knew Bundy was in debt from all of his schooling, you know, that he
1: just continued to keep going to school and dropping right. out. <laughs> all the schooling, all of his shopping for wings clothes, yes, and in all of
0: his traveling expenses back and forth, like mm-hmm. to visit and stuff. So, she assumed that he had stolen almost everything of significant value that he possessed. She actually confronted him over a new TV in stereo this one time, and he showed an act of anger towards her, suggesting violence. So, he said to her, if you tell anyone, I'll break your fucking neck. Oh. She... She said that he even became super upset when she mentioned, mentioned that she wanted to cut her hair, which was long and parted down the middle,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which if you see his victims, um, we'll post some pictures, you know, um, it's, it's the type of woman that he went after. Right. Which still floors me that he never did anything dangerous, I guess you should say to Liz because she was legitimately like his victims
1: right but I guess I mean they were together so long I guess that he but he truly loved her is right he did
0: did love her so um which is so odd if you truly love somebody how do you keep cheating on them but
1: whatever exactly (laughs) but also you know with his victims they were he just saw them as victims like he didn't get close enough to them to like even try to start caring about them at all he just literally just saw them picked them for what they looked like and was like oh okay i'm gonna murder them
0: yeah and he was like super possessive over her appearance like he wanted her to look a certain way and not change it so during her interview she mentioned that sometimes she awoke in the middle of the night and would find him under the bed covers with a flashlight examining her body nope what the fuck I'm sorry I would have drop kicked a motherfucker doing okay like that like you found him doing this a couple times the first time you did that my ass would have
1: done I Uh -uh. need the (laughs) eye. I'm (laughs) just (laughs) square in the eye (laughs) you can't see my face but I'm literally just like my mouth is open and I'm like no like what (laughs)
0: yeah so Another notation during the interview was that Liz kept a lug wrench taped halfway up the handle in the trunk of her car, and he would often borrow this for protection. For protection from whom?
1: (laughs) It ain't protection. He was using it to kill people, bruh. (laughs) Like, because he didn't have enough household items in his car to, like, kill people? Let's just use this one <laughs> this okay. looks good i'm gonna borrow this for protection i would have that leverage <laughs> taped under the side of my bed for when i wake up and find him with a flashlight <laughs> <laughs> got that frying pan moment like no <laughs>
0: like, he wakes up he's looking at me with his flashlight i wake up and i reach over grab my cast iron skillet <laughs> knock right. his
1: ass out go back to sleep <laughs> like i told you about this stop it <laughs> oh my god so um
0: detectives questioned her on specific dates of missing women Women, <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> then missing women, <laughs> <laughs> missing women, and were able to confirm that Bundy had not been with Liz on any of the nights during which the Pacific Northwest victims had vanished, huh. nor on the day Ott and Aslin were abducted, which were the ones from the beach. Hmm, how about that? So Liz was then interviewed shortly after by homicide Seattle detective Kathy McChesney and learned of the existence of Stephanie Brooks and her brief engagement to Bundy around Christmas of
1: 1973. Right then and there, I would have been like, nope, done with this fuckhead. So that's the one that he was all like Newfound Who Dis to, right? Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you welcome everybody. <laughs> So um, so she learned that he was cheating on her with this this woman and he had been engaged to her and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I would have been like, fuck this guy, I'm done with him.
1: There's several times before that I would have been like that, but I would have yes, been done with it also then.
0: <laughs> Which I feel like and I have seen her documentary part. So I know it's kind of stipulated in there. So Part of the reason that she didn't leave Bundy right away or anything, he had gotten so attached to her daughter, Mm -hmm. which he was great with. He was super good, which also floors me because of when she started getting older and he was around them, I, I would have thought that he would have been like violent or done something,
1: I don't know. Yeah, but also the same thing with like Liz. Like he was around her and like grew to actually like know and love her. I know, her. I know. So part of the
0: like she part of the reason that he just made a good father figure and like, which is creepy as hell. <laughs> it is so fucking creepy. So he was a good father figure to her daughter, and like it was just it just grew to where
1: she just couldn't admit to herself, right? Some of the accusation, which, which I can I talk about. I can talk all this smack and be like, no, I would have left his ass long before that, or whatever. But also, in that situation, you don't know. You've been with this guy forever. You, you love him. He seems to yeah. love you at times. He might be abusive sometimes and you're scared to leave him. Like, nobody knows what they would do in that situation, like it for real.
0: Very yes. true statement. <laughs> yes.
1: But I can absolutely joke around if I want to and say that I would be gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So, in
0: September, Bundy decided he was going to piece out some of his evidence. Um, So, he sold his Volkswagen Beetle to a teenager. Once news hit Utah police.
1: They were like, hey, dude, why does the seat come out like this? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Bro, where's the handle? (laughs) 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 that's gonna be an extra 200 for the handle (laughs) i'll put the seat back together if that's an extra
0: 200 right no once news hit the utah police they impounded it and fbi technicians dismantled and searched it okay so in doing so they found some hairs that match samples that were obtained from karen campbell's body and then also identified hair strands microscopically which were indistinguishable you know mm-hmm. um from those of melissa smith and carol Duranche. okay but these are just hairs that they matched with victims right so let me remind you back then they didn't they weren't able to do
1: any, like, DNA. Right. It wasn't, samples. like, extensive DNA testing and all that stuff. Yes. It just, like, it matched this person. It matched. It could have matched, like, multiple people, but it did match that person in particular.
0: Yes. So, FBI lab specialist Robert Neal came to the conclusion that the presence of hair strands in one car matching three different victims who had never met one another would be a coincidence of mind-boggling rarity of course it is i mean they've never met each other right they weren't all around each other like as in location wise um if you remember some of the pickups from where he because he liked to like space his victims out Mm -hmm. um in surrounding areas yes but like space them out a little bit so on october 2nd detectives put bunny into a lineup Durant, now remember, Durant is the one that he tried to take and got away because he handcuffed both of her wrists. Okay. Or handcuffed one of her wrists, but both handcuffs on one wrist. Right. Uh, So Durant immediately identified this monster as Officer Roseland. And then witnesses from the high school auditorium recognized him as the stranger that was, you know, um, walking around with the brochure Mm -hmm.
1: or whatever the pamphlet from the play or whatever
0: and yeah so there was insufficient evidence to link him to deborah kent whose body was never found however there was a skeletal fragment found near the school and was later identified as kent's by dna analysis so it wasn't like i don't know how to state this they couldn't completely identify it but they were able to do their dna analysis and state that it, it like, had to been. did they do the
1: dna analysis like later in later years or no not extensive no okay so um this was more than
0: enough evidence though to charge him with aggravated kidnapping and attempted criminal assault in the derange case okay sure but it wasn't long before he was freed on a fifteen thousand dollar bail paid by his parents. Okay. So this little fucker just keeps getting out of jail. It just it just <laughs> keeps happening.
1: He just keeps getting out of jail.
0: So it, it, uh, it
1: happens more after this. I know that. It does. It does happen more after. I this. do know that. I remember that. <laughs>
0: so during his time between indictment and trial over this case he lived with liz in seattle which again floors me that she allowed it but she did right and um because they didn't have like sufficient evidence to charge him to the pacific northwest murders they kept him under close surveillance instead Okay. Liz actually reported that anytime they stepped out on the porch to go somewhere, so many unmarked police cars started up that it sounded like (laughs) the beginning of the Indy 500. That's
1: insane. (laughs) She was Uh like, She was was like, they were like, Hey, you want to go get some chilies? And I'm like, Okay, let's and then they go outside to go get in their car, and all of a sudden, oh shit, here they come. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? Like can't you just be a little bit more? Don't be suspicious. Don't don't be, suspicious. be <laughs> suspicious. Like wait till they get in the car and like start driving down the road, and then start your car and follow them. <laughs> 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 Anyways, <laughs> so in
0: November, the three main investigators on the Bundy case, Jerry Thompson, Robert Keppel, and Michael Fisher. All of them met in Aspen, Colorado to exchange information with 30 other detectives and prosecutors from five states. So, in a group of over 30 people, all of them left this meeting stating Bundy was undeniably the murderer that they sought out. Okay. But they needed more hard evidence before he could be charged or it wouldn't hold up um, during trial.
1: Right. And they don't want
0: that. Nope. So, they just this is where their search began, trying to find more actual, um, sustainable evidence. Also, if you're sure
1: it's him and you're watching him all the time, can you like catch him when he murders somebody next? Or, I know, right? Like, stop him from murdering (laughs) the next person, like, do your job. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. So, during the long wait on the Durant kidnapping, it was time to stand trial. So in February of 1976, um, Bundy actually waived his (laughs) right.
1: Sorry, pick up sticks. Go on.
0: (laughs) Pick up sticks. (laughs) No, Bundy actually waived his right to a jury due to the negative publicity that was surrounding the case. So this was his attorney's advice. And after a four-day bench trial and a weekend of deliberation, Judge Stewart Hansen Jr. found him guilty of kidnapping and assault. Okay. So in June, he was sentenced to 15 years in the Utah State Prison. Sure. So that doesn't that doesn't stop this guy. <laughs> I'm like, sure, yeah, okay. 15, 15 years, years, whatever. <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> um, October, a few months later, he was found... <laughs> this cracks me up i'm sorry he was
1: found hiding in the bushes in the prison yard (laughs) so do you know that makes me think of (laughs) there's this meme okay there's a picture i know (laughs) do you know what i'm gonna say the homer one where he just like no but that also so it's the country like the old-time country singer george jones okay and it's like it it's like you may have been drunk before, but you haven't been George Jones sitting in the bushes eating cake drunk before. And it showed, it's literally a picture of him sitting in bushes eating cake. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's all I
0: thought of when you said that. Well, he did not have cake. <laughs> he was found hiding in the bushes, but um, he was carrying an escape kit. And this kit included roadmaps, airline schedules and a social security
1: card <laughs>
0: oh. he spent several weeks
1: in um solitary confinement johnny cash this. it was not george johnson it was johnny cash oh okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was bugging me continue <laughs> <laughs> he, spent,
0: he spent several weeks in solitary confinement over this and then later that month the colorado authorities charged him with karen campbell's murder and after a long wait and period of resistance over this accusation, he waived, um, like extradition proceedings. So basically asking to be transferred, you know, right. And, uh, he was transferred to Aspen in January, 1977. Okay. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, guys. She just sent me the picture of Johnny Cashy. <laughs>
1: We, I, I feel like we totally need to add that picture to our instagram feed. i mean we're in charge of it we can do it if we want to <laughs> i told you it's literally him sitting in the bushes eating cake <laughs> jesus yeah that's that's a good visual visual of uh ted bundy hiding in <laughs> okay, okay.
0: <laughs> so later that year june 7th 1977 bundy was transported 40 miles from the garfield county jail in glenwood springs to pitkin county courthouse in aspen for a preliminary hearing he elected to serve as his own attorney you know because of that law degree he never finished <laughs> right you know he's like i got this i'm a lawyer what yeah so um because he because he served as his own attorney he was excused by the judge From wearing handcuffs or leg shackles. So (laughs) during a recess, (laughs) Uh he asked if he could visit
1: the courthouse's like law library to research his case. And they're like, sure, you know. Going up there, Lawyer Bundy, without your shackles <laughs> or anybody else with you. <laughs> lawyer Bundy, we trust you. I know you're only up for trial of murder and kidnapping, but. It's fine. Go up to the library. Go on. You're good, bruh, you're good. We
0: got it. He was like,
1: I just need to look up some lawyer shit real quick. Can you excuse <laughs> me? <laughs> um.
0: So, yeah. While well, his guards were out of his view behind a bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: went all batman and shit and opened up a window and jumped to the ground from the second story he just like he was like i'm gonna go look up some lawyer shit and he goes up there and he opens the window and he just yeets himself out the window <laughs> <laughs> two, two stories high yeah he did
0: <laughs> which of course resulted in him injuring his right
1: ankle as he landed because you can't jump out a two-story window and not injure yourself so if that's not news enough because he's actually not that man
0: <laughs> if that's not news enough he then took an outer layer of clothing off <laughs> and walked through aspen <laughs> as roadblocks were being set up on the outskirts <laughs> so he's half naked limping, limping. <laughs> then he hiked south onto aspen mountain and he actually broke into a hunting cabinet and s- cabinet
1: <laughs> he walks up and there's this tiny little cabin outside he's like i'm gonna break into it must be a hunting cabinet hunting cabin what the why do i constantly do this and they're like crazy things reading is like really hard okay so
0: (laughs) So (laughs) he broke into a hunting cabin yes he did he stole food, he stole clothing, and he stole a rifle, and then left the cabin and continued hiking towards the town, um, like the next town over. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the town's name, but... <laughs> <laughs> Can you not
1: say it? Please say it.
0: I, think, I don't think it's pronounced its
1: <laughs> I can't
0: wait. Crested butt. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: I'm gonna need you to spell that for me.
0: I'm just gonna send it to you.
1: Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Are you okay like right how now? would you how would you say... I would say crested boot? Okay. Well <laughs> it's, whatever. It's crested and then B-U-T-T-E. It I don't know if it's butte or maybe maybe butte it's definitely not but (laughs) I know I I knew it wasn't but (laughs) um I'm gonna I'm thinking it's maybe butte maybe butte butte sounds better than butte let's go with that that's fancy crested butte so
0: he got lost
1: in the forest and for two days wandered on the mountain well he limped on the mountain for two days
0: And he missed two, yeah, he missed two trails that actually led to his intended destination.
1: Well, he's a lawyer, not a navigator. (laughs) He's not Indiana (laughs) Jones. (laughs) On on June 10th, he broke into
0: a camping trailer on Maroon Lake, which was 10 miles south of Aspen. Mm -hmm. And he took more food and a ski parka. And instead of, like, continuing south, you you would think that he'd continue doing that. He actually walked back north towards Aspen. Oh. But he avoided going to roadblocks and missed several search parties along the way. By sheer luck. By, yeah, this dude. Yeah. So, three days later, he stole a car at the edge of Aspen, um so now he's cold he's sleep deprived he's in pain from this sprained ankle and he drove his dumbass back into aspen <laughs> where they're looking for him right like everywhere and two police officers noticed that his car was weaving in and out of the lane and so they pulled him over so he's been a fugitive now for six days okay well, in the car, there were maps of the mountain area around Aspen that prosecutors were using to demonstrate the location of Carol Campbell's body. And as his own attorney, Bundy had rights of discovery. <laughs> okay. Which indicated that his escape was not spontaneous. It was a planned escape. Well, no fucking duds planned. <laughs> he asked to go to the freaking library to look up law shit. <laughs> right. It immediately oh jumped out the window. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds pretty plain to me. So now he's back in jail in Glenwood Springs. Mm-hmm. Bundy, of course, ignored the advice of friends and legal advisors to stay put, though. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the case that was against him was already pretty weak because they didn't have significant Bits of evidence on the murder of Campbell. They're
1: just accusing him of it because right. they just think he did it. Right? They just knew he did it, but they couldn't prove it. They didn't have exactly. really the hard evidence.
0: And then all pre-trial motions were ruled inadmissible, and the dude actually stood a chance for acquittal if he would have stayed put. So he had a little, like he had as little of as a year and a half left to serve on the Durants. Conviction, which Mm -hmm. was just the kidnapping and right all of that. And he would have been a free man. Like he just had to stay put for a year and a half. But instead, he assembled a new
1: escape escape plan. He did. Escape. (laughs) Escape, yes. Escape. It's funny because it's spelled just like escape.
0: (laughs) He had a detailed floor plan of the jail in a hacksaw blade from other inmates and had accumulated $500 in cash, which was smuggled over a six month period of time by visitors, which was mostly Carol Ann Boone. If you Mm.
1: remember who that is, she's the crazy one he used to work with that like loved him. Right. So he had a detailed map of the, of the prison, a detailed map.
0: Like the floor plan of it. Yeah. Right. So during the evening, when prisoners were actually showering, he sawed a hole about one square foot between the steel reinforcing bars in his cell and in in the ceiling of his cell
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and hashed out a plan. So he purposely lost 35 pounds just to enable him to
1: wiggle through it. Right, you know, just casually, thirty-five pounds. Let me just lose that and, real quick. Yeah, yeah, thirty-five pounds, so that he could fit into this crawl space above. Right. Also, so, he needs to sell that diet plan because. <laughs> uh, what did you do? <laughs> yes, I'd like the the Ted Bundy diet, please. <laughs> <laughs> the quick thirty-five pounder. Yeah, I I just need to lose thirty-five pounds in like a month. You know, it's fine. <laughs>
0: Well, in the weeks that followed, he started making like practice runs and
1: exploring the space and how far he could get up. Um, See, that's why I was like, that's why I was confused about the the detailed map because I knew that he had lost the weight and he went up in the crawl space. But I thought that he had like, you know, instead of the practice runs, I thought that he had gone a couple of times and was going through there and was like confused about where he was. And so he went back, but I guess the practice runs make sense with that. (laughs) because <laughs> i knew that he'd went up multiple times before he actually escaped
0: yeah he did it several times so he did it so that he could see where it all led quietly and he always did it like when inmates were showering and stuff because guards right. had, had to watch um and there was
1: noise there's a lot of right. noise. On, right so and he did the, he, he did the, the thing turn. where you like put a bunch of stuff under your blanket so you look like you're sleeping we'll get to that oh okay he well, actually did, did, he did, that it, later. He did it He did in the practice runs too, or else they would have noticed. <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't spoil anything. <laughs> so, um,
0: no, he he did do that, but there's a more detailed way he did it in another time. Yeah. Um, but by late 1977, Bundy's trial had become like a huge, heated debate, resulting in mobs of people breaking out into fights. So, um. Bundy actually filed a motion for a change of venue to Denver. So on December 23rd, the Aspen trial judge granted this request, but to Colorado Springs instead, where juries had historically been hostile to murder suspects. So basically they were pushing him to be locked away and were drawing for any piece of evidence possible to convict him by now. Mm -hmm. um they weren't giving him what he wanted but they were giving him what he wanted so they were like moving him but they were moving him into the place they wanted him to be um so you know he's getting agitated at the same time but uh so on the night of december 30th with most of the jail staff on christmas break bundy piled books and files in his bed and covered them with a blanket making them look like his sleeping body
1: that's what i was talking about yeah (laughs) yeah
0: so he climbed into the crawl space and broke through the ceiling into the apartment of the chief jailer who just so happened to be out for the evening with his wife Mm -hmm. he changed into the street clothes from the jailer's closet and walked out the front door like right the fuck out the front door just
1: simple as that That's like i do just walked out
0: okay so after stealing a car he drove out of glenwood springs but the car broke down in the mountains a passing motorist actually gave him a ride into vale which was like 60 miles away from there Mm -hmm. he then caught a bus to denver and boarded a morning flight to chicago And then back in Glenwood Springs, the jail's skeleton crew didn't even discover he had escaped until noon the next day. It was 17 hours later. By then, Bundy was already in Chicago.
1: Yeah, because like, what the hell? Like, he's already he's been He's been gone for 17 hours and nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. You just, like, dude's just been sleeping this long. You're not going and checking on your inmate. Like, all you got to do is just like throw some books under a blanket and- Apparently you can be gone for almost a full last day and nobody would know it. <laughs> yeah. So now he's in
0: Chicago. Well, he catches the train to Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan, and then stops in a local tavern on January 2nd. He then steals a car five days later and drives to Atlanta, takes a bus that arrives in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. And on the morning of January 8th, he rented a room under another alias, Chris Hagen, at the Holiday Inn, which
1: was close to Florida State University. He's like, My name's Ken Adams. Let me rent this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you can rent
0: a room without your ID back then. That's
1: cool. that's cool. Surely um, he I- had some kind. I mean, he was he was a fake ass lawyer, so he probably had some kind of fake ass ID
0: yeah something yeah i don't know man well so bundy eventually stated in an interview that he was planning to look for employment and refrain from any like further criminal activity okay like he didn't think that anyone was going to detect that he was in florida and as long as he didn't attract you know attention of police or anything then he could like live a life And I'm like, huh, that's an odd way to put that. Yeah. So sure. he even he even applied at a construction site, but he had to abandon that idea because they asked him for identification. So instead, he started Oh, so, oh, so he didn't have a fake ID then? <laughs> no, he didn't. So okay. he started shoplifting and stealing credit cards from women's wall- wallets that they like left in shopping carts and stuff. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good. So um, instead of, like, getting a job somewhere else or trying to find somewhere that they weren't going to ask him for ID or anything, like, he just started stealing again. Cool, cool, cool. So that's that's a way to do it. Well, on January 15th, 1978, exactly one week after he arrived in Florida, this is where it's going to be a trigger warning. Bundy entered the Florida State University's Chi Omega sorority house. Oh, yes, I remember rear, this now. Yeah. Through a rear door with a faulty lock. At 2:45 in the morning, he started with Margaret Bowman, who is 21 years old. He bludgeoned her with a piece of oak firework fireword. Fireword. Uh-huh. That <laughs> <And a> fireword. <laughs> He bludgeoned oh, wow. her with a piece of oak firewood as she slept, and then he strangled her with a nylon stocking. Mm-hmm. After he was done with her, he entered the room of 20-year-old Lisa Levy and beat her unconscious, strangled her, tore one of her nipples off, <laughs> and bit deep into her left buttock. hmm he then sexually assaulted her so with a hair let me miscottle. just say this is when
1: he's this is when he's getting like reckless as hell
0: so let me state that this whole incident which we'll get more into it this whole incident he was legitimately in a crazy phase like he was like a
1: crazy psychotic like break basically he
0: had gone this long and hadn't killed anybody i mean
1: well because he was know, right
0: cuz he was in like prison and had to escape all these times. Well and as you know like when he started his his um all the women that were missing, all of his killing phases, everything, it was like month, a month in between. Right. Every missing person was there was a woman taken a, exactly like a month away from each other. There was a couple times that he would take multiple people in one month. I mean, he had never gone this long without killing somebody. He was, he was now itching to do killing, it. Yeah. It's not even just an itch. Like he is, he's straight gone through such a psychotic break that in an interview on this, he knew he was doing it, but he said he just couldn't stop right because he had like
1: he literally couldn't he just couldn't stop so which means after, you don't need to be out in the world with everybody else if you can't control yourself no I mean he's sitting over here like I'm just gonna get a job and
0: and I'm gonna be good and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything like I'm gonna be I'm gonna live this great life
1: and they were like yeah. what's your name and he was like Chris whatever what, what who was he <laughs> gonna buy Chris Hagen? Yeah, he's like, Chris Hagen. They're like, okay, let me see your ID. And he's like, oh, let me just go to this store and steal somebody's credit card instead. Thanks, bye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, let me just go kill these girls.
1: Let me just break into this sorority house and go insane.
0: So he, after killing Lisa, he then sexually assaulted her with a hair mist bottle
1: with a what now who
0: like you know back then um they had this not even back then people still do it they I was have like I right don't know
1: back then I wasn't around back then um
0: <laughs> people have the spray bottles of like water and they would use it to mist their hair to help like oh just it like up and a spray bottle of water <laughs> yeah it's just yeah he, sure. has, he sexually assaulted her with one of those
1: that is terrible
0: um he wasn't done, though, so in the adjoining bedroom, he attacked Kathy Kleiner, where he breaks her jaw mm. and deeply cuts her shoulder, but she survives the attack. Okay. Then Karen Chandler, his next victim, suffered a concussion, a broken jaw, loss of teeth, and a crushed finger. She also survived. mm Kleiner actually said that the reason the two survived was because a car's headlights illuminated the interior of their room and it scared him off. Oh, shit. That's lucky for them. Yeah, that's legitimately the only reason they were still alive because he was going to kill them both. Right. So 15 minutes. That's how long the Tallahassee detectives determined that all four attacks took place. Holy crap. So 15 minutes to break He's into the house. He's literally just like going insane. Yes. 15 minutes to break into the house and one by one attack each of those women. So civilian, severely, civilian. Yeah. So civilian. <laughs> so severely. He kills two of them. And then like
1: he broke two girls jaws. Like, like He, he no was, dude. he was on the way to kill two more, but just got spooked. Yeah. So he was on the way to murdering four people 15 in 15 minutes. minutes.
0: So not only, so 15 minutes. So he kills one girl, kills another girl, sexually assaults her, and then severely hurts the other two. And it,
1: like, took this him is insane. Minutes. Like, he couldn't have. <sighs> The The whole sexual assaulting part blows my mind because he couldn't have gotten anything from it because he was just so rushed. He had to have been so rushed to do everything he was doing. Oh, we'll get to some of that, too. Like, it's I'm just so saying cool. that just had to be like, that's ridiculous over, like, there was no reason. Like, obviously, there's no reason for any of this, but I'm saying, like, no, I don't, ugh, no, I don't no. know. He was actually within earshot of
0: more than 30 other people who could have been potential witnesses.
1: If right, like he was him. in a freaking sorority house. Those things are packed. Like there's lots of people that live there. They were questioned and none of them heard anything. None so I, them- I feel like I read somewhere that the reason he left, are you getting to that? Do I need to stop talking? Yeah, I mean, I'm getting there. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. Don't worry. So after leaving the sorority house, Oh, he's I'll already go, left. <laughs> go ahead and say what you were going to say. Well, first. I
1: was going to say the reason, I, I feel like I read the reason that he left, he ended up leaving, was because, um, like, he was, he'd already done all of these, like, messed with these four girls that you're talking about. And he was just, mm-hmm. like, going through the house, and another girl that's in, in the sorority gets home. Yeah, and, so I will get to that. Yes, okay. I know what you're going to say.
0: That, that'll be brought up during the trial. Which is
1: probably connected with the headlight one of the headlight situations yeah
0: we'll get we'll get to that so after leaving the sorority house he broke into another basement apartment eight blocks away right because he was crazy and like wasn't done he He was just like i still just need to keep going so he attacks um another florida state university student cheryl thomas he dislocated her shoulder fractured her jaw and skull in five different places oh my god she was left with permanent deafness and damage to her brain that ended her dance career.
1: Mm. And then on Thomas. Yeah, I remember that. Cause she was going to be it's like, she was like this amazing dancer and amazing was like going teacher. on to have this huge career in dance. And like, he just ended all he of that ruined
0: it. Um, yeah. Like he, I think what they said was one of the spots, um, that he damaged to her brain was like her equal is equilibrium. I think is how you pronounce it. It is. Yes. Um, I, I want to make sure I was pronouncing it right. And I didn't mess it up. Um, equilibrium. Like he damaged this part that affected her motion. Mm-hmm. And so um, it ended her. And also like essentially affects like your balance and stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it affected how, like she couldn't do much. Let's just put it that right. way. She, she, practically- couldn't, she couldn't dance like she did for sure. Before. Well, I mean,
1: she couldn't she do couldn't- a lot
0: of things. after right. This poor, poor thing. So on Thomas's bed, police found a semen stain and a pantyhose mask containing two hairs that were similar to Bundy's. Oh, how about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so February 8th, Bundy drove 150 miles um, in a stolen Florida State University van.
1: I was like, where did he get a car? But Okay.
0: In a parking lot, he approaches 14-year-old Leslie. Uh, 14. 14. 14, yeah. 14, that's not even it. 14-year-old Leslie Parmenter. So she was the daughter of the police department's chief, chief of detectives. hmm He told her he was Richard Burton from the fire department.
1: <laughs> you ain't. But
0: uh, her older brother actually arrived and scared him off. Good. Good job, big brother. Yeah, so uh, kudos to the big brother. Way to be. Way to, way to step in there.
1: <laughs> way to be a thing. <laughs> way, to, way to be, good fella. <laughs> that a boy.
0: Um, but that afternoon, he drove back 60 miles where he ended up in um, Lake City and went to Lake City Junior High. So this one's sad. Junior high.
1: Junior high.
0: Yeah, this not one's even super, high. Okay. Not even high. So this one's super sad. Um, in fact, oh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember listening. Then. I think you know this one. I remember listening to an interview over this one that Ted Bundy had. Um, he actually didn't even want to go into detail because this,
1: this one. He said was his youngest victim. Yeah, because he was ashamed of himself and knew he was the literal piece of fucking garbage. He knew, yeah,
0: he was still in he was still crazed. He was going through a lot of I don't I don't
1: want his excuses. (sighs) No, no, I'm saying he was (laughs) still
0: crazed. He was going through this whole uh major, like he doesn't he can't stop. Like he just can't stop. Yeah, um, yeah. A couple of times in interviews, he was like, "My, I could, I didn't even know it was myself doing it." I'm just like, "Yeah, you did." Yeah, whatever. Did.
1: He also loved um, hearing himself talk, so I don't. He did believe he anything loved, he says.
0: <laughs> he loved to hear himself talk, but this particular one really stood out because he did. Like I said, I did listen to a couple of interviews, and this one he didn't want to talk about. Um, He does give details later on, and I'll. I'll tell you, obviously, because we're going to go through it, but, um, he's this one, this is the one, uh, that made him cry in an interview. If you ever go back and like, listen to some of them and, and view some of these interviews, this one, like, and it was all fake. I know it was.
1: I was going say just thinking of him crying during an interview, talking about this, <laughs> like pisses me off, tear. Yeah, like makes me angry.
0: Yeah. He's a piece of, he's a monster. Because
1: you do not get to do that. No.
0: So 12 year old Kimberly, Diane Leach, 12 years old. It makes me sick to my stomach thinking of that because
1: I have a 12 year old.
0: Well, we both do like mine turns 12 in two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it just makes me so sick thinking of this. Well, 12 year old Kimberly, Diane Leach, was called to her homeroom by a teacher to get her forgotten purse and she never returned to class so seven weeks later after an intensive search her partially mummified remains were found in a pig farrowing shed near the Sawanee river state park which was 30 35 miles away so she
1: she got called out of class for what now She forgot her
0: purse.
1: She forgot her purse in homeroom?
0: She forgot her purse in homeroom and was called to come back to homeroom to get her purse.
1: Okay. And I'm guessing she never made it to homeroom. No. Okay.
0: So she appeared to have been raped. Her underwear were found near her body containing semen. And she was killed by slashing her neck with a knife. yeah that one
1: like that's there's not no, there's no words I'm just sitting here like shaking my head like
0: I know and the the thing that's so frustrating like this is how crazed you know he is because that's not his mo like he's not
1: cause he he hasn't, because he's because he he's not
0: been st- stabbing people like he strangles them I, I will get to some of his his mo his,
1: was like college girls that looked similar and now he's just like freaking insane and anybody he doesn't care who it is He's insane. a literal
0: monster, So February twelfth, because he was running low on cash and knew that police were closing in on him, um Bundy stole a car and fled to Tallahassee. Um he didn't last long though. Three days later, around one o'clock in the afternoon, Officer David Lee stopped him near the Alabama state line after a once and warrants check showed the car he was driving was stolen. Okay. So, when he was told he was under arrest, Bundy kicked his legs out from under him, kicked Lee's legs, sorry, out from under him and took off running. Lee fired um, a couple warning shots and ran after him and tackled him. The two actually struggled over Lee's gun, but Bundy lost and was arrested. And in the stolen vehicle were three sets of IDs that belonged to female Florida State University students. 21 stolen credit cards. Damn. And even a stolen TV. A TV? Yeah. That's what
1: he was worried about? It was a TV? He stole a TV. <laughs> okay. So
0: they also found a pair. He, I mean, uh, he had
1: nowhere to plug the TV in. That's right. all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: Crazed, man. He don't give a fuck. Yeah, but he could sell it. I know, but still, like, whatever. I know. So... Um, they also found a pair of dark rimmed non-prescription glasses and a pair of plaid slacks which is what he wore as a disguise to be richard burton so the funny thing is he was like
1: i feel like richard wears plaid slacks
0: <laughs> and some dark glasses
1: some dark to hide glasses. his shady ass eyes
0: so the funny thing um police officer lee didn't actually know he had just arrested one of fbi's 10
1: most wanted fugitives (laughs) i was just like super lucky
0: he but he did and he said that when he was you know taking him into custody uh he heard bundy say i wish you would have killed me
1: (laughs) too bad too bad bitch
0: no we don't because
1: (laughs) you don't deserve that yet no
0: well now see now like he got caught and now he's like, Oh shit, I just did all this stuff.
1: I'm yeah, not getting out
0: of this one. No, nope. no, sir. So now Bundy stood a new trial the trial for the Chi Omega homicides and assaults. Mm-hmm. So in June 1979, oh. this trial, oh. what I was gonna say, and that poor little girl. Oh, I know. Um, so in June, 1979, this trial was covered by 250 reporters. It was actually the very first trial to be televised nationally in the United States. Okay. And of course, Bundy was eating it up. Of course. (laughs) Um, it gained like so much publicity women from all over. We're swooning over this great-looking guy. Which I still don't get. Oh, my God. I heard so, so many interviews of it. So, like, he couldn't have done anything. He was way too good-looking. He was charming. He was Women legitimately <laughs> drove from states and states away
1: just to be there to see him. Like, I don't understand. I will never understand. He got. Not just because i think that he's not attractive but because of the shit that he did like why i know he got fan mail
0: he had like hundreds of hundreds of letters written like to him from all these women that just wanted him to be with her and it was it was crazy so um okay okay that- Bundy decided he was going to handle his own defense this time as
1: well, cause he's a lawyer and shit.
0: <laughs> this time was different though, you know.
1: He- <laughs> They're like, sure, but you can't go to the library this time. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <was>
0: <laughs> so he sabotaged like the whole last defense effort. You know, people don't trust him. So with him facing murder charges and possible like death sentence now um the only thing that mattered to him in this trial was that he was in charge of himself so he wanted to handle his own defense sure. and they allowed it i mean they said okay you want to they're own
1: like well, that's fine they're, they're they like so much they're, you. they're like you're not even a lawyer okay so go for
0: it. <laughs> but they're like okay that's fine you he he kept clinging. he's like i've got all this law um background like that was his big thing i know the law I know the law. I studied the law. I studied psychology. I did all this stuff. Like I've got this. They're like okay, like, okay, but you're well,
1: not actually a lawyer and you don't really know the rules. So yeah, go for it. Yeah. And, and so by the rules, judge, I mean that, laws. Like, <laughs> and the judge that handled this trial
0: was awesome. Like he did not allow him to continue to act
1: out like for publicity reasons he came right. straight in this place several times it was he's like I'm not tolerating any kind of like media bullshit like if any of you got like if any of our listeners have um watched
0: like the remake like the movie with like Zac Efron the judge that plays the judge on this trial he acted like that in the actual trial like you can go back and look up televised um
1: like recordings of the actual trial
0: of this trial and the judge was he was not having it he was like no bruh sit your ass down not in my courtroom you want to be you want to be treated like a lawyer i'll hold you into contempt so um anyways according to mike minerva who was the Tallahassee public defender and a member of the defense team, a pre-trial plea um, was negotiated where Bundy would plead guilty to killing Levy, Bowman, and Leach in exchange for a firm 75-year sentence. Bundy saw that the plea deal not only as a means of avoiding the death penalty, but also as a tactical move. So he could enter his plea then wait a few years for evidence to disintegrate or become lost or Mm -hmm. for witnesses to die or move on or retract their testimony or whatever, you know, like once the case against him was beyond any repair, he could file a post-conviction motion to set aside the plea and secure an acquittal. So like he literally thought of everything. I mean, some of it's stupid and ridiculous, but like he's, they're offering him this plea and he's like, man, yeah, I should probably take this. Cause I could do this, this, and this. So the little bit of like law school apparently did help him a little bit, but last minute though, Bundy refused the deal and this is why. So Minerva stated it made him realize he was going to have to stand up in front of the whole world and say he was guilty. And he just couldn't do that. So he, but you, know, but, gotten- you
1: know, but you know, you're guilty.
0: I know. So it's crazy though, because they're, they're like, here, admit to these, these three murders and admit to the assaults. 75 year sentence. You're out of here. You know, you can't, no death penalty. Um, technically you could plea and secure an acquittal later. I mean, you've got this under the bag. And then he's just like, nah, I can't, I can't admit that I'm guilty. Even though I know I'm guilty, I can't admit it. I don't want people to think that I'm really guilty
1: because I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to get no, out of this.
0: Stop free.
1: No, you're not. Everybody knows you're guilty. Yes. Because you're a monster.
0: So let's go back to um, the Chai Omega sorority house like when he was leaving. Okay. So during the trial, a crucial testimony came from the Chai Omega sorority member, Connie Hastings. So she actually placed Bundy in the vicinity of the Chai Omega house that evening.
1: So she's the one that came
0: home. So she's the one that came home, but Nita Neary saw him leaving the sorority house clutching the oak murder weapon right
1: so that, both that of these- oak piece of firewood firewood
0: <laughs> got that firewood <laughs> um but this was nothing right like Bundy could breeze through the, those accusations he's done it before except there's another problem hmm Bundy, who's always been really good about like getting rid of evidence or nothing that they could like link back to him, right? Right. Bundy left impressions of a bite mark on Lisa Levy's left
1: buttock. That he did. Because that's when he was being all crazed and soppy and monsterish.
0: Yeah. So two forensic um, oncologists had matched the um impression to a casting of Bundy's teeth. And they were a match. Yeah. So now the courthouse was like uproaring. They were they were like, oh he's he is, he's guilty. All these women are just like crying in the background and he couldn't have done this, blah blah blah. You know. Right. So Bundy did everything to defend this in court, stating that it wasn't his, it wasn't plausible, it wasn't brought forth to him, all this type of stuff, you know, because he was his own lawyer. Well, he's not really a lawyer. They don't have to provide all that to him. So the jury deliberated for less than seven hours on July 24th, 1979. He was guilty on three counts of attempted first degree murder and two counts of burglary. For the Kleiner Chandler and Thomas girls, the ones that had broken jaws and, and then he was convicted for murder against Bowman and Levy. Now the chi- trial judge, Edward, Cow- Edward Coward, um, imposed death sentences for the murder conviction. Okay. So Six months later, a second trial took place in Orlando for the abduction and murder of Kimberly Leach, the 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. So Bundy was found guilty once again after less than eight hours of deliberation. This was due to the testi- testimony of an eyewitness who saw him leading Leach from the schoolyard to his stolen van. Oh, my God. So most importantly for this material evidence, um, they found... Clothing fibers that were found in the van and on Leech's body. And these fibers match the jacket Bundy was wearing when he was arrested by Lee. So now things are getting steamy, right? Okay. <laughs> he's like fucked. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So during the penalty phase of the trial, um, he's grasping for everything right now. So um, Bundy took advantage of an obscure Florida law that provided a marriage declaration in court in the presence of a judge, which would constitute a legal marriage. So when he was questioning former Washington State, uh, the DES co-worker Carol Ann Boone, Mm -hmm. uh, who, by the way, moved to Florida to be near Bundy during his trial. Of course she did. And she testified on his behalf during both trials and testified on his behalf as a character w- witness, basically lied on the stand.
1: Basically, because first of all, you didn't even know him before this shit, right? Like,
0: No, she did. She worked with him. Oh, that's right. She worked with him. She knew him, but she was like so in love with him that she'd lie for him. And she lied on the stand every time. Well, anyways, he asked her to marry him. She accepted and Bundy declared to the court that they were now legally
1: married. (laughs) He said, he was very Michael Scott about it. He was like, I declare that we are legally married. Pretty much. (laughs) you know, Like when he's like, he's declaring bankruptcy and he literally just like shouts it out. I declare bankruptcy. (laughs) (laughs) And there was like, that's not how any of this works.
0: (laughs) You're not supposed to say any of that. (laughs)
1: So, but-
0: i mean that's kind of a huge fuck you to liz too on the whole damn thing
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah Um, she's been here this whole time like this poor
0: (laughs) let's not forget about liz like he's like like, i
1: completely forgot about liz (laughs) apparently so did he (laughs) yeah i'm sorry liz i i really am like i did not mean to yeah it
0: was it was crazy because like I don't think that's a law anymore, but that was how it was then. So on February 10th, 1980, Bundy was sentenced for a third time um, to death by electrocution. So when the sentence was announced, he reportedly stood up and shouted, tell the jury they were wrong.
1: Okay. Cause that's how it that works. I know the, the jury can hear you by the way, at this point, <laughs> like, and so like, they're so, there.
0: <laughs> so this uh, third death sentence would actually be carried out for nearly nine years. Yeah. Um, Like, he fought it. He fought it a lot. And it just kept getting um, drug out. But they actually stated, even though it was drug out, they stated this is one of the quickest.
1: I was going to say, steps. for a death sentence, nine years is actually pretty quick. Because it, people sit on death pushed. row for, like, years and years and years and years.
0: Yeah, they pushed it for sure. So it actually, here's another thing. It wasn't unknown for guards to look the other way, you know, during visits. And this happened a number of times with Bundy and Carol Boone. Uh In fact- you know inmates were known to pull their money to bribe guards to allow them to be intimate with their female visitors
1: see i was hoping the guards were looking the other way and that mm-hmm. people were just beating the shit out of him and like they were just like oh i didn't see anything. No.
0: in this case they were looking the other way and bundy and carol were getting it on
1: <laughs> that's not okay and in
0: 1981 boone gave birth to a daughter and named bundy as the father and three years before his execution she divorced him.
1: <laughs> okay I don't I don't know why she ever married him but all right
0: I don't I don't know. I don't know because it didn't do any good like you, you were still going to jail bro it don't matter she can't get you out of it <laughs> right But we're gonna go back a little so like shortly after the conclusion of the leech trial and the beginning of the long appeals process, Bundy did a ton of interviews
1: yeah yeah he did
0: so he started divulging details of his crime um on all of his thought processes like this was where like a ton of the reasonings as to why he did what he did like came out which were all bullshit reasons just so you know right yeah um, like he went through his career as a thief and he confirmed Liz's suspicions and how she brought up a couple things to him. Um, he said like the big pay, and this is quoting from him. The big payoff for me was actually possessing whatever it was I had stolen. I really enjoyed having something that I had wanted and gone out and taken. Possession was one of the biggest motives for rape and murder. Sexual assault had fulfilled his needs to totally possess his victims. So first he killed them as a matter of like expendency to eliminate the possibility of being caught, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: then later on,
1: or the ability of them to like get away.
0: Well, yeah, like he didn't want to, he didn't want to get caught. He didn't want them to get away and tell on him. Like he didn't want them
1: to get away. He wanted to like possess them.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, but, later on murder became part of the adventure mm-hmm. and he quoted the ultimate possession was in fact the taking of the life and then the physical possession of the remains Ew. and you already know what that means. <laughs> yeah. 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 So in July of 1984, Rayford guards found two hacksaw blades that Bundy had hidden in his cell a steel bar in one where does they the- keep getting
1: this shit <laughs>
0: Dude, i don't motherfucking know but it sounds to me like these prison guards really need to like
1: go walk around and find some shit <laughs> like they need to stop looking the other way and pay the fuck some attention because what the hell
0: <laughs> yeah so like he they found the two hacksaw blades. They're
1: like they found a jackhammer.
0: <laughs> no, but they found a steel bar in one of the cell's windows that had been sawed completely through at the top and bottom and glued back into place with a homemade soap-based <laughs> adhesive.
1: Because he was gonna yeet himself out the
0: window again. eat himself out the window. He was literally trying it. So a few months later, they found an unauthorized mirror hidden in the cell. And Bundy was again moved to a different cell. Like. Not uh, long. I know. Not long after he was charged with a disciplinary infraction for unauthorized correspondence with another high profile criminal. So you may recall in our case over the Green River Killer. Uh huh. Like it was noted that Bundy offered to share his expertise in serial killer psychology to Robert Keppel.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he is the one that reached out to Robert like they didn't reach out to him first he reached out to them and was like oh here let me give you some expert
1: he's like I'll give expert. you some expert advice you get me a hacksaw <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's how he got it. No. Uh, well Keppel and Dave Rachel uh, actually like did interview him but Ridgeway wasn't even caught for like another 17 years after that so yeah. he didn't do Man. any good. Hmm. so march 4th 1986 an execution date was now set on the chai omega convictions
1: okay
0: in april shortly after the, the new date which was july 2nd by the way um bundy <laughs> i was wondering i was like was he the execution set for march
1: 4th or no, it okay. was
0: set for july 2nd um bundy finally confessed to the hagmeyer and nelson details of what he did um, to some of his victims after their death. So this is where we're going to get
1: some stuff.
0: Yeah, trigger warning people. Yeah, so he told them that he revisited Taylor Mountain, Issaquah, and other secondary crime scenes several times to lie with his victims and perform sexual acts with their bodies. He would perform these sexual acts until they decompose to the points that he
1: couldn't do it anymore because he's straight up nasty
0: that makes me like
1: everywhere all around me i'm going to vomit like that is so fucking gross so so he would literally murder these people and then take them to a second place to hide them so he could go back to them like he didn't sexually assault these people until they were dead he didn't
0: he didn't right. have sex with any of these women or anything until it, except for the 12 year old. Let's go back to that. He raped her, but which is fucking awful. It is it's awful. fucking awful
1: either way, but good God, man. Like,
0: and that's part of the he doesn't bring that stuff up because he like the 12 year old, he didn't want to talk about her because she was different than the rest. So, um, in some cases he drove several hours each way
1: and remain the entire night like with their bodies he would literally drive hours to spend the night with the body with a dead ass body he also to be be fucking nasty
0: yeah and he also admitted applying makeup to the melissa smith's lifeless face we went over that Mm -hmm. um and how he repeatedly washed laura ames hair and in fact he said if you've got time they can be anything you want them to be
1: so they're literally like life-size barbies for him. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like he's doing their makeup, he's like washing their hair and fixing it. He's got this bag of clothes that he can dress them however he wants to. Yep. he um
0: he decapitated 12 of his victims with a hacksaw and kept at least one group of severed heads for hours before he decided to dispose
1: of them. A group of severed heads?: A group. So like okay. he just like saved them up in a bag and just kept so, them? Oh
0: um I saw that he took a couple of them to his apartment. Um mm-hmm. he had saved a couple in another place and then eventually like he decided to dispose of them.
1: Okay. I'm guessing when they like were so decomp decompass what if what's the word?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Ugh.
0: Decomposed.
1: There you go. I'm like, decompensated. No, that's not it.
0: Stop that. (laughs) Once they were so decomposed, right, I know. Stop, stop that. (laughs) No.
1: um, I'm so flustered because of his grossness that I can't think of words.
0: I know, I know. It's that stuttering.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I went to college and started stuttering, and that's how that works. (laughs)
0: I'll, I'll never live that down. So, Less than 15 hours before he was to be executed on July 2nd, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals was up for review on multiple technicalities, including Bundy's mental competency to stand trial and the trial judge during the penalty phase, requiring the jury to break a 6-6 tie in between life imprisonment prison and the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So it was never resolved in a new date, was now set to carry out the leech sentence, which was now November 18th, nineteen eighty Whatever. <laughs> they issued a stay on November 17th in mid-1988, so this is two years later, and ruled against Fundy and in December, the Supreme Court denied a motion to review the ruling. Within hours of the final denial, a firm execution date of January 24th, 1989 was set. Okay. So now that there wasn't any appeals left and no further motivation to even deny his crimes.
1: They're like, like, dude, it's happening. Like stop denying it. Like stop trying to appeal it. There's nothing now.
0: Well, I can't anymore. Right. There's no, it's, there's a motion to like,
1: he ran out of, he ran out of appeals. Yes.
0: Done. So um, Bundy agreed to speak to investigators so he confessed to Keppel that he had committed all eight of the Washington and Oregon homicides that he was the prime suspect for. He said he left a fifth corpse, Donna Manson, on Taylor Mountain, but he incinerated her head in Liz's fireplace. Oh, my God. Bundy told Keppel. Of all the things I did to Liz, this is probably the one she is least likely to forgive me for. Poor Liz.
1: Poor poor Liz. Really? Really, Bundy?
0: I just want to punch him in the face for that statement.
1: And then she found out and was like, I must move immediately.
0: Yeah. So he described the Issaquah crime scene of Otten Naslin and Hawkins as if they were, or as if he were there, Keppel said. He said it was so detailed. It was like he was seeing everything. He was totally consumed with murder all the time. So Bundy confessed to detective from Idaho, Utah, and Colorado that he committed. Say Idaho. Idaho. (laughs) 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 I I tried to fix it. Idaho, Utah, (laughs) and Colorado that he committed numerous additional homicides including several that were unknown to police. He explained that when he was in Utah, he would bring victims back to his apartment and reenact scenarios um, like depicted of the covers of detective magazines. No. So this is where like, the porn and the magazines became the reason for his obsession. So this is where he started. He's like,
1: oh, it's not my fault. It's because of the evil porn and magazines.
0: Yeah. So he, he then reverts where he's like blaming porn for
1: all the reason, like as a child, he He was like, yes, I did it, but it's not my fault. See, when I was a kid, I saw porn.
0: That's literally how (laughs) it was. (laughs) When I was a kid, I would sneak and steal porn magazines and I became obsessed with the way that women were supposed to look in the magazines and then I became obsessed on wanting to do things to them and then I started stalking women outside their windows and like it all all of these different like he blamed so much shit on porn it was unreal
1: because he could talk his way out of it yeah he uh like I wish I was there then, because I'd have been like, no, sir, you're not. <laughs> I know, I would have been like, <laughs> Like, try again, because that not is not.
0: <laughs> I know you did not just try to tell me that
1: the reason you did this is because of porn. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> there is plenty of grown-ass adults. Most grown-ass adults have seen porn, and they I'm don't do this shit. <laughs> Like, and they hey, they don't do this shit
0: be like hey i know you've watched porn i know you probably still watch porn i'm gonna
1: need to ask you do you ever get the urge
0: to kill someone
1: like most adults watch porn and they don't murder somebody like try again son yeah. like no so on the eve of his execution he talked about
0: suicide um oh he, fuck you and your suicide by the way oh yeah he stated he did not want to give the state the satisfaction of watching him die. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you fucking don't. But at the same time, you going to die. <laughs>
1: you go. Yes. And also not he on your terms, die. motherfucker. You don't deserve so, that.
0: Uh, on January 24th, 1989, Bundy died in the Rayford electric chair at 716 a.m., Hundreds of people sang,
1: hundreds of people dance. They literally they even, were, like, freaking, like, people that lived in Whoville. On, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, they're, like, standing around, holding hands, swaying, and singing and dancing. They
0: even set off fireworks in a pasture across from the prison as the execution was carried out. They were singing the Christmas Whoville song. <laughs> Then they cheered and sang the Whoville song as the white hearse containing his
1: corpse departed the prison. <laughs> there was literally like people, there were shirts made. He was, oh, he, yeah, he, he was was execu- big, I remember he was executed on a Tuesday, and there were shirts that said Tuesday is Friday, F R Y. Oh yeah. And, I forgot all about that. I'm so and, glad that you said and that. And they said like burn Bundy burn and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. everybody freaking rejoiced. It was like this huge ass deal. It was a huge ass deal. It was a huge te- ass deal.
0: It was like, there was, I I want to say it was like, not the inside of it, but it was televised on the outside. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: They didn't like televise him like being executed no, no, no. or anything it like was, that. It,
0: there was a bit, it was a big public a huge public um thing like they were all out mm, yeah
1: it was like this thing. Big everybody big thing. was yeah yeah fucking thing <laughs> i also remember randomly random stuff that i remember cuz i don't remember all the stuff but i do remember his last words before he's executed made me so mad because his last words they were like it was like send my love to my family and friends or something like that and like really like, they don't want, they don't want your, wait, what? Oh, yeah.
0: Like, he said some, he said some stupid ass shit. Like, like I. Like, you did
1: all the stuff, and he's like, oh, send my love. Like, oh, poor me. Like, no, sir, not poor you. How about send your love, send love to all the victims, family, and friends? So,
0: I will tell you, though, a uh, fun fact. After he was executed, they did um, post a picture of Ted Bundy's body in the newspaper, Oh, wow. That's not a common thing. No,
1: no, not at all. So like at all at all, they don't really post an executed person's picture. Yeah, it was
0: uh, like they did this big article and they were like, this is how, oh, what did it say? It was, this is how the mass murderer looked after two minutes in the electric chair or something like that. Um, The monster's dead, all that stuff. It was nuts. Um, they even put out there that they made, like, they didn't apologize for running the pictures. They didn't care. Yeah. Like, that is how extreme it was. I'll actually find, I, I think I can find it. Uh, I'll find it and we'll post it on our Instagram for sure because it's fucking nuts. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, that is the lovely story of ted bundy the horrible horrible monster i definitely um recommend listening to a lot of his interview segments and stuff because i mean some of them will probably make people mad because i know it made me mad.
1: i mean all this stuff always makes me mad when i listen to it but also it's super interesting to me but it's actually so i say it'll make you mad but like the
0: ed kemper and Interviews, for instance, when I listened to so many of those, those were intriguing to me because he was just so ridiculously smart. Oh yeah, Bundy's his interviews are are definitely different. Like the man's smart in his own way, but he was also he could work a crowd. Like he knew what to say when to say it, and all he had to do was like look at you, and he knew he could read you. It was like he could read what you were thinking and what you wanted to hear so his interviews really pull you in some of them will piss
1: you off just listening to some of the stuff that he says but like that's what i'm saying i should have interviewed him because if he looked at me he would have seen he would have read me and read listen you little fugly ass (laughs) some bitch (laughs) don't feed me your bullshit (laughs) listen i
0: got kids i know you're a piece of shit (laughs) I got kids. I can tell when you're lying,
1: you little fucker. (laughs) You ain't charming to me. You aren't charming. You aren't attractive. I'm not feeding into your bullshit. You are disgusting and vomitous.
0: And vomitous. (laughs) Piece of freaking garbage.
1: Wet ass (laughs) lettuce.
0: Yeah, that too. (laughs) So, anywho, let's uh let's get into it. So we've got follow us on the Instagram Serial Holic Sisters underscore podcast. Um, got our Facey Space group. Yes.
1: Uh, I'm never gonna call it Facebook. Facey Space.
0: Reach out to us, you know, on the Gmail. We do have some exciting news. Um, do you want to tell them it is
1: live now? It is. It's live. (laughs) live. live I've been working all the live long day. <laughs> Today I decided, you know, we we'd we'd started working on this website. Like we decided we're gonna make we're gonna make us a website and be like superficial. And then I got up this morning and I was like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and get it done and she'll get off work and be like, oh look what you did. And instead I like texted her when she was still working and was like pissed because it was making me mad. <laughs> but I wasn't like mad. No, I was mad because it was annoying me because I was trying to do things. I was
0: like, I wasn't mad. I was, I was working, and she's like, "Oh, I need you to look at this." I was like, "I fucking
1: can't. I'm at work." No, I was (laughs) fucking mad because it was literally my first time ever making a website in my whole entire life. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I'm like trying to connect things to to make clicking links, and so you can go to different places and. I learned things and I was exhausted and angry. <laughs> and it was not my first time making a, a website, but it's funny. No, she's um, done it before. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And then I was but like, mine has Burr. been,
0: mine was a lot more extensive than a podcast website. Like I had a photography website. There was a lot more detail. There was a lot of, she you was know, like purchasing. selling
1: stuff.
0: Um, yeah, there was a lot of purchasing stuff and in, intertwined with it all and stuff. So there was a lot more detail. And I was like, when we talked about starting this website, I was like, oh, this will be easy. I have literally had zero time to even remotely really work on it. And Crystal was like, I'm gonna try this. (laughs) And I'm very proud of her. I tried it. It It is live. Um, we are we have not, I know that um we've kind of talked about it, but we have not released our Patreon yet. It is so that so
1: we're working on that, and part of that in the whole setup thing was like, oh, like put your your website name and I was like well we don't have a website so we do but it's not live <laughs> right so then I was like well let's let's get that set up and so then I spent literally all day I was like on the computer and I was like I've been on here for like 30 minutes and I looked at the clock and I was like or six hours whatever <laughs> <laughs> 12 hours later <laughs> but yes we have so, a website um, it's cerealholicsisters.com right yes it's serial
0: serialholicsisters.com you can check it out um there is gonna be some changes later on this is just kind of an ex-
1: a, a this quick, is like a first quick yeah, yeah. As, Like as we hopefully grow then we'll add more stuff to it but this is mainly just like an about us and like links to where you can listen and stuff like that but yeah, like, think- we're, we're hoping to have like patreon soon and, and hopefully with the patreon we're hoping to be able to like be able to start like having merchandise and stuff so once that becomes a thing that'll be on there and we are working on that just so you know um we have it in the works we do have
0: merchandise in the works already we've got a lot of plans for our patreon but we don't want to release it yet until we have everything completely perfect and it will also be on the website when it's ready um we'll release it and let everybody know but until then you can check out our website. You can read all the pod. There's, there's a podcast link that you can see all of our current um, up-to-date.
1: Episodes. Like all the episodes,
0: yeah. All the episodes.
1: Um, and then there's links to all of the like platforms that we're on and all that.
0: Yeah, so check it out. It'll be a quick go-to for any, anybody that um, hasn't started listening. If you've got friends out there, all you, you can easily just tell them this and they can go and check it all out and, and they'll be able to to listen to any of the platforms that we're available on.
1: Yep, and if you want to contact us and like request uh, an episode or anything like that, we've got our contact info on there. Yes, so. and, and we do have, um,
0: I know we have people that reach out to our Instagram and DM us and stuff. We'll still listen and look out for those DMs. Um, oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. So you can still reach us on Instagram too, but, uh, this is kind of easy, um, for others that may not have Instagram, they can reach out this way. Um, same with Facebook, you know, it's, it's on there. It's all on there. So you'll be able to check out. Everything's on
1: there. It's all there. Unless, you know, I screwed it up and nothing works.
0: So check it out and
1: let me know if it doesn't work at sereholicsisters at (laughs) gmail.com. It's on that note. You want to be awkward? Let's be awkward.
0: Let's be awkward. All right. Okay. Bye.